Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. Lord, thank you, worship team, for leading us in song and just the presence of God. We appreciate that greatly. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and then also to Acts uh, as well. We're going to look at chapter 26 of Acts, chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, chapter 26 of Acts. And uh, we're continuing our series this morning, Fifty Shades of They, and I'm going to talk to you today about God's way and God's they. God's way and God's they. Last time that we were together and uh, as I was teaching out of the series, uh, we were talking about being mismatched. Uh, That's when our most intimate, closest relationships don't sync up with what is our highest priorities. When we, are, when we are living one way, but have a lot of influence that is influencing us another way, then we have a conflict, we have a problem, we have, we have a, uh, an issue that we have to address. And so we talked about being mismatched. Remember that I talked to you about we can be friends with anyone. Friends, friendships... Uh, are what we ought to be cultivating with everybody around us. I mean, we need to be friendly. The Bible talks about that. Jesus was a friend to sinners, right? And so we have this precedent of building friendships with everybody around us. But what we're talking about in this series is talking about close, intimate, deep relationships, being in fellowship with people who have the same mindset, the same nature, and the same destination even that we have. And so that's what this is about. And so remember, we want to be in friendships with everyone, but when it comes to fellowship, we have to choose the right they to be in deep fellowship with somebody. Say amen. Amen. Okay. From the NIV, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, reads this. It says, do not, remember I told you that was Hebrew for don't, be yoked together, or Greek, sorry, not Hebrew, Greek for don't. Be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Question mark. What does it have in common? Nothing. What does fellowship, what fellowship can light have with darkness? Question mark. Nothing. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Nothing. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Nothing. And so God is talking here and through the Apostle Paul about having the right kind of relationships that help you to become all that God has destined you to be. How many of you want to be what God has called you to be? How many of you understand that the people that are closest to you are influential in the direction that you go in life? And so you need the right people pushing you towards a relationship with God. Iron sharpens iron. And so if we want to be sharp, and if we want to be moving in the right direction, we got to surround ourselves with the people that are closest to us, that have the same heart, have the same mindset, and have the same goals to help us to get to the place that we want to be. Remember last time we talked about yoked, that word, and it was a uh, piece of farm equipment. And I talked to you about how it's just this piece of farm equipment that has two holes in it, and you, you, you wrap it around the necks of these animals, and animals that are of equal strength, 
and of equal kind are harnessed together in the yoke. I think that's important for us to note again. I talked about it last time, but I think it's important to hit on again that they need to be of equal strength and equal kind. If they're not of equal strength, you're going to plow in circles because one animal is going to overpower the other. And so how many of you want to spend your life going in circles? Not me. I want to be yoked together with people that have the same uh, capacity, strength that I have that can help me go where I'm trying to go. And together we can plow some straight lines for God. Equal kind. So I've got to hang around with my kind. I've got to be with my, my people from time to time. Otherwise, I'm going to get real dulled up by the experiences of life because I don't have anybody knocking off those dull edges and keeping me sharp for the Lord. And so of equal strength, equal kind, and they would harness them together. We talked about how nature determines association. And so what's your nature? We have the nature of Christ. We have Christ's nature in us. And so what is our nature? That determines our association in deep fellowship. We talked about being separated, but not isolated. The Bible talks multiple times about come out from among them. Be ye separate. Be in the world, but not of the world. We talked about how a boat is of the water, but it is not in the water, right? Or the opposite. It's in the water, but not of the water. That's what we're talking about. It's not, it's not made from the ocean, but it is designed to float on it. We are not made of the same things that this world is made of, but we are designed to live in it. And God wants us to be in it. He wants us to be salt and light. And we're never going to talk about uh, isolating ourselves from those people that desperately need the relationship with Christ that we claim to have. But what we're talking about is being separate. The, where we are not consumed by culture. We are not in, integrated into a mindset of the world. We are maintaining our relationship with God and our Uh, in our nature of Christ that he has given us. And so after that, we talked about your association determines your participation. What are you involved in? And your destination, where are you going to end up in life? And so before I move on, and I want to talk again for a minute about nature determines association because I think, to me, that's just a powerful statement. And, and that's something that we ought to all think about a little bit more than just the 25 minutes that we're here during this sermon. I mean, that's something we ought to give a lot of thought to. Because what is my nature? It really does determine who I associate with and who I hang out with. In other words, I mean, if I'm crabby, then more than likely I'm going to have a lot of crabby people around me. If the people in your life are negative it's probably a good indicator that you might be negative too. Because birds of the feather, this is not biblical, but it's right. Birds of the feather flock together, right? And so your nature, what you're you're projecting is what you are drawing and what you are pulling into the sphere of your life's influence. And so we want to be careful about what, what, what we're around because what we're around is going to get in us. And we can only expose ourselves to negativity, things of the world so long before we start living and acting like that. 
And so that's why I say, yes, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Yes, we need to go into the world and we need to bring light. But there needs to be times when we withdraw from that and shape ourselves back up, set our minds like they're supposed to be set so that we can go back in there and be influential. You stay consumed by a culture of negativity or a sinful culture and you will become sinful and negative over time. Guaranteed. And so nature does very much determine association. Remember that the Jewish people considered a donkey an unclean animal and consequently it would have been unheard of for us to yoke a donkey with an ox. And that's really what the scripture is talking about when it talks about not being uh, unequally yoked. Or being yoked with unbelievers. But there's more to it than that though. And I want to take time to kind of unfold a little bit more about this. You probably don't know this about donkeys. But they are extremely tolerant of things that an ox is not tolerant of. In other words, an ox has a more finicky diet. And they can't eat just anything. But a donkey can eat about anything. They're kind of like a goat. I mean, you're liable to see them chomping on a piece of paper or an old weed or anything. It doesn't really matter because they have the tolerance to the things like that around them that, that the ox doesn't have tolerance to. A donkey has a high tolerance for plants and junk that would make an ox completely sick. And so the wrong they, listen to me, will have a tolerance for stuff that should make us sick as Christians. When we have the same tolerance for stuff that the world has, we have inundated ourselves with a culture that we should be separate from. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Now listen, also what happens is the toxins can build up in a donkey so much because of their tolerance that if they are actually yoked with an oxen, just the toxic breath of the donkey can be detrimental to the ox. So they're yoked together and this donkey has donkey breath breathing on this ox and he's trying to pull and be all that he can be but he's limited because he can't get any good air. (laughs) The donkey breath can gag the ox And make them sick. Have you ever had anybody have gag breath around you? Tell y'all a story. (laughs) Me and Gabe were driving in the car and we were taking the gentleman home. And uh, he had bad breath. I'm just going to say that. We were in that vehicle. And it was cold outside but the breath was so bad that I had to roll the windows down just to get this man to the place that he needed to go because he had bad breath. When we finally got done, we went and picked up some dinner, some lunch, and Gabe buried his head in the sack of food for the next five minutes trying to clear his nostrils of the gag breath that we had just experienced. Have you ever had bad breath around you? Yes. Some of you probably use a Tic Tac right now and you're getting self-conscious So go ahead and get some gum out of your purse or whatever and put it in your mouth. It's fine. Not only is it detrimental to the ox personally because he's trying to breathe while he's pulling pulling the plow, but also because every time he tries to evade the donkey breath, he deviates from the straight lines he's trying to plow. Now think about that for just a moment, that the ox, he doesn't, the ox doesn't need to be yoked with the donkey 
He knows he doesn't need to be yoked with the donkey, and he's trying to pull away from that donkey, but he can't because he remains yoked. It's like trying to live in two worlds at the same time. And that's what I'm talking to you about today, is that you cannot live yoked with unbelievers because it's, and live a Christian life because essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to plow in straight lines, yet you're trying to get some fresh breath. And so when you start to deviate to get fresh breath, you start to plow out of the course that God has for you. You can't stay yoked to someone and live a life that God is wanting you to live and stay yoked to them. You can't live in two worlds at the same time. And the problem with the church today, and many of us in this place today, is that we are unwilling to get rid of those people as far as deep fellowship. And I'm not talking about cutting them off as friends. I'm talking about as deep fellowship and trying to live the Christian life. And we try to live in two worlds at the same time, and it will not work. The toxicity that comes from them will bother you, will be detrimental to you and will cause you at the very least to stray off course. At the very worst it's going to take you down. You can't be around that for a long time. And so let me make my first point this morning and that is this. You have to step away from the donkey. Get away. Not only do you need to get off your donkey to reach the loss, we talked about that. You need to step away from the donkey in order to keep your walk straight and your life pure. Now keep in mind again that I have not chosen to use King James terminology for donkey because we're all holy here in this place. But that terminology does help to clarify the point that I'm trying to make here today. Some of us, listen, have some real donkeys in our lives that we need to step away from. They act like a donkey. They talk like a donkey. Their toxic donkey breath is keeping me from walking straight and staying pure. And I don't want to be in deep relationship with someone who is a donkey, and you shouldn't settle for that either. Students, listen to me today. You can't stay pure being in a relationship with someone who doesn't have that as a high priority in their life. Amen. I'm going to preach over here now. I got some dirty looks from the student section. Now listen. I'm not suggesting... (laughs) It came from Brittany. (laughs) I'm not suggesting that all of us don't have some donkey ways because we all do. Right? I mean, we all got some donkey ways. But we don't... but, But when that is the norm for us rather than the exception, there's a problem. It's time to part ways. So don't be yoked to a donkey. Don't be yoked to one. Don't don't date a donkey. If he or she acts like that now, it's not going to get better the longer you spend time with them. It's going to get worse. Don't marry that donkey because when you kiss him, or her, or say I do, they are not going to magically turn into a prince. They're just going to still be a donkey. Don't hang out with that donkey. Now listen. Also, don't keep trying to help that dumb donkey that doesn't want to change their ways. 
and doesn't want their life to be any different. You've just got to step away at times. Now, with that said, let me ask you two questions that, that you need to consider. First of all, who do you need to invite into your life? Who do you need to make a part of your life? Who do you need to bring into your right they? And then who, second is, who do you need to invite out of your life? Because I would have bet that there are many people in the room today that if you would be honest, you would realize that there's some people that are too close, that are too influential, that are causing you to struggle in your walk with God, that you need to send them an invitation to step away. And you need to step away from them. Now, I know that's hard, but that's truth. Who do you need to be unyoked to or unyoked from and yoked to? Who do you need to step towards and what donkeys do you need to step away from? Step away from those donkeys. Now, let's look at another story here in Acts chapter 26, verse 14. And this is a story about Saul before he became Paul. Paul is on, or Saul is on the road to Damascus. God meets him on that road, gets his attention, and starts shifting uh, the direction of his life. And this is where we find him in verse 14. And so it says, And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Saul, before he became Paul, was a persecutor of Christians. He was smart. He was successful. Paul, or Saul was tough. But the problem that Saul had is that he was influenced and hanging with the wrong people. Paul had tremendous potential. Paul had everything that he needed to be the, or Saul had everything that he needed to ultimately be the Paul that God wanted him to be. But he was hanging with the wrong people, being influenced in the wrong direction, and that was keeping him from being the Paul that God had destined him to be. Finally, God steps in on the scene. And he says, hang on, Saul. Why are you fighting against me? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you kicking against the goats? He had a lot of potential. He had a lot of good qualities, but he's being influenced by the wrong day. God gets his attention and says, why are you working against me here? Why are you kicking against the goads? The goads is another piece of farm equipment. It is a prod or a stick with a sharp end on one end of it. And as the farmer had his equally yoked oxen plow in the fields, uh, from time to time they would stop and they would rest now and then and then the farmer would prod them with that stick and get them moving in the right direction again. You and I represent the ox and God is a farmer. And from time to time God comes alongside us, behind us and says, hold up, you're not moving anymore. I need to prod you and get you moving in the right direction. And so here's my second point is that we have to heed God's prodding. God is always dealing with us as His people. God is always talking to you as, as His children. And when we are oblivious to what God is saying, or, or we're disconnected, or we have so much influence from, from the world that we're not able to hear God, then we can't heed what God is prodding us to do. His prodding is His warning to us, and we need to heed His warnings. 
I don't doubt, even though Scripture doesn't record it, I don't doubt that there was probably a lot of times in, in Saul's life that God was throwing little breadcrumbs along the way trying to get his attention, trying to get him to move from the place that he was into the place that God wanted him to be. And finally it took this, this huge moment for God to just stop him on the road to Damascus, have him blinded for Paul or Saul really started to listen and pay attention to what God wanted. What does it take for us for God to get our attention? What's it going to take for you, young people? What's it going to take for the rest of the people in the room for God to get our attention? Where is God prodding us? Where is God warning us? And we're just refusing to listen to what God has to say. We need to heed God's prodding, His warnings. You know that we're all really good at ignoring signs and warnings when it comes to relationships. Especially when we get emotionally involved in a relationship before we should. When you just give your heart over to someone fully. What happens is our emotions begin to override our sense if we're not careful. And we just throw out all logic and all sensitivity to what God's saying because we want something that's right in front of us. We'll give concessions for behaviors that later on are going to become real problems. For instance, marriage, like I said earlier, does not minimize conflicts or behavioral challenges. It magnifies those things. And so if they're a little problem when you're dating, they're a big problem when you get married. Amen. The closer we get to, the lar- get to people, the larger the problems become. And so it looks big from a long ways off. Wait till you get up close and you're going to think, wow, that thing's massive. It's a, it's a huge thing. And so we have to heed the warning. God is trying to direct our steps if we will listen to Him. Here's the, the real issue here of not heeding God's warning comes down to us not really trusting God. Not really trusting whether or not God has our best interest in mind. Trusting whether or not God really knows what He's doing. Trusting whether or not God is going to work things out for my benefit later on. And so when you're dating that girl or that boy or you're in a relationship with someone or you're trying to become friends with someone and God's prodding you and God's giving you warnings, you need to stand up and pay attention to those things because God has your best interest in mind. He's trying to help you avoid some struggle and some pain and some difficulty and some heartache if we'll just listen to Him. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't be hanging out with people in a deep fellowship kind of way and give your heart over to them to influence you. God was warning and prodding Saul. He he knew that he was never meant to be Saul. He was always meant to be Paul. Aren't you glad for that this morning? That even though Saul was a persecutor of Christians, even though he was someone that did a lot of things against the kingdom of God, that was never what God intended or meant for him to be. He was always meant to be Paul. And there are many people in the church today that who you are is not who God intends you to be. God has a better plan for your life. God is trying to warn you and lead you and direct you to a place where He can make you into the person that He has always created you and destined you to be. But sometimes the wrong day gets in the way of the right day and the direction that God wants to take you. And the wrong day will get in the way of God's way for your life if you don't get them out of the way. So move away. Listen to the Lord's prodding. 
Yes, but pastor, i got to save him or her. I'm a missionary dater. You know what a missionary dater is? That's a person who dates lost people in the hopes that they'll get saved if they have a real close relationship with them. That's ridiculous. That's not, that's not your calling. That's not your position. But pastor, I can convert him. He's so handsome. She's so pretty. You're kicking against the goads is what you're doing. You're working against the plan of God. And by the way, unless Jesus didn't rise from the grave, there's no opening for Savior. You didn't hear me. It's not your job to save anybody. You're not the Savior. You didn't die for anybody. You didn't shed your blood for anybody. You didn't die, get buried, and rise from the grave for anybody. Jesus did that. And He's still alive. He's still on the throne. There's no opening for that position. And so you don't have to be a missionary dater. You don't have to be the rescuer of everybody around you. You just have to be salt and light and let the Lord work through you and watch what He will do in your life as a result of that. Amen. That's good preaching. And that's freeing. That's liberating. Uh, You mean I don't have to? No. You don't have to be the one. Yes, we are an an influence in people's lives. Yes. And yes, we need to be prompted by God when we have those opportunities. But selling out your relationship with God to go after someone has never been God's intentions. You've got to hold the line. And watch God work through you in that situation. And He will. So heed the prodding, heed the warning. Also on the other end of the goad was a flat tool that was used to scrape off mud and muck from the blade of the plow. And so when the plow gets overweighted with mud and muck, it won't work right. It needs to be cleaned off. And so they would turn it around and they would use that flat part and they would scrape it off. It gets out of balance uh, if it doesn't get cleaned off and it becomes too heavy for the ox to drag and it becomes unnecessarily burdensome and that's what I'm saying to you sometimes we take on ourselves a lot of things that are not our burdens to carry we got some burden junkies in the house here I, I, hello my name is Billy Pate and I am a burden junkie I mean I am one of those I'll do it. I'll take care of that. I'll be responsible for that. You need, you need some help, I'll come do that. I'm just like, you know, burden, 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 burden. And I'm realizing as I, as I continue on that that's not sustainable for a long course of time. Matter of fact, if I had learned this at 23, I might have hair to this day. Some things might not have had to have been lost. You know what I mean? But I didn't. And so... Uh, I'm in the process. But we we carry a lot of burdens that are are not ours to carry. My Bible tells me that His yoke, speaking of Jesus, is easy and His burden is light. And so if it's weighty for me and if it's more than I can really drag and if it seems to be pulling me in all these different directions and I'm I'm plowing in, in squiggly lines rather than straight lines, there's a problem. I'm carrying some junk that I don't need to be carrying. And, and that's really my third point is that when things get out of balance and things are not right, we need to clean off the junk. You need to scrape the mud and the muck off of the plow so that you can start plowing again in straight lines. That person is not your burden to save them. It is your burden to be an influence in their life. And that's it. We're to be salt 
and we're to be light, but if they pull the shade and they don't flavor their life with that, that's not our issue. Is that okay? When there's a lot of extra junk attached to our lives, it's hard for us to make good decisions. And when you've got a lot of burden and you've got a lot of people that are influencing you in a negative way, it's hard for you to make the right decision. That's why it's easy for us to get caught into a trap of the wrong they because the deeper we go with the wrong they, the more difficult objectivity and clarity is. Stuff and junk keeps piling on only pushing us into a deeper situation of burden and despair and imprisonment. And that's why we need God to help us make the right decisions. We, we have, if we have donkeys breathing their toxins on us and pushing us out of line and junk is building up in our lives and weighting us down, we have got to have God to come in and help us make the right decisions. To help us get straightened back up. We need the goat of God to clean off the junk so we can get some clarity of mind to see what needs to be done. Pastor, I'm lightheaded from all the donkey breath and I'm having trouble. I know. You've got to unyoke yourself from those donkeys. You've got to clear the air. You've got to clean off the junk. You've got to listen to some wise counsel. And you've got to start moving in straight lines again. Pastor, I'm having trouble really finding who I need to invite out of my life. Okay, I'm going to give you four types of people real quick as I close that you need to invite out of your life. So you might want to write these down. Four people, types of people that you need to invite out of your life. First of all, people who hold you back from your full potential. When you have people that are always negatively speaking against what you feel God is directing you to do, those are people that are stifling the potential that God is trying to unlock in your life. Well, I think God is really calling me to do this. Well, do you really ought to think about that? I don't know if God's calling you to do that or not. I just don't see you being that person. Listen, step away. Does your they hold you back or encourage you? Because if they're not encouraging you, they may be the wrong they. Friends are like elevators. They're taking you up or they're taking you down. Right? And so make sure you're on the elevator with friends that are taking you up. The second type of people is people who make you feel bad about yourself. Those who make you feel bad about yourself. Those that bring out the negative, neg- negatives in your life. They bring out negative areas. You know, I would have never done that if they had not influenced me to do so. And so if you have some of those people in your life, then, then those might be people that you want to just set on a list of people that possibly you may need to invite out of your life. Those who can't celebrate with you only make you feel insecure about your accomplishment. Well, that's good, but if I'd have done it, it would have been better. That, that, that's, they're not influencing you in a positive way. They're making you feel bad about yourself. The, the third type of person that you need to invite out of your life, perhaps, is a person who negatively impacts your reputation. Those who make you feel more jealous, envious, materialistic, etc., those you feel in competition with, the one-uppers, You know, I did this. Oh, yeah, well, I did this. And it was always better. Or if I had done that, then it would have had better outcome. Those who give you a negative vibe about you and those you're with, those 
who make you question yourself all the time. You know, we all have people that try to work their way into a place of influence in our life that if we give them that place, they make us just question ourselves all the time. You know, I, just, I don't know if I ever make a right decision. Because I've got this person in my life that is always questioning whether or not I've made the right decision. If, that, if that's the case, then I need to invite that person out. Because I need to trust that God is helping direct my steps. And I don't need to always be living in doubt and questioning whether or not I have the capacity to hear from God and actually execute what God is asking me to do. And so the fourth type of person is the people who bring the worst out in you. You know, there's some people that you hang out with and you just find yourself doing things that you would have never done had you not been with them. It can be negative, gossiping. I, I never gossip unless I'm around so-and-so and then we, that's all we do is gossip. They're bringing the worst out of you. You might need to separate yourself from that person. Instead of bringing out the characteristics of Christ, they bring out and expose our weak spots with no intention of helping us grow. It is good for us to have people that expose our weak spots. We need that. We need someone to say, hey, I see this in you and I don't think it's good. But listen, if people are just exposing your weak spots for the joy of exposing you and just pointing out your failures and your flaws with no intention of helping you overcome them, those are the wrong people. People that expose that stuff need to be there invested enough to help you to overcome that along the way. Identifying false shortcomings is not a spiritual gift. It's not. Well, I, you know, Pastor, I can just see when things are not right. I know. It's, it's not a spiritual gift, though. Having a critical spirit is not one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a different spirit altogether. We're not talking about the same spirit there. <laughs> Proverbs 14 and 8. Amber, if you come to the piano. The wisdom says this. Proverbs 14 and 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. But the folly of fools is deceit. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. God gives us direction in his word because he knows what will lead us to life. The things that we're talking about, choosing the right day, Surrounding yourself with two or three people that really have influence in your life, that have the same priorities, the same nature, the same mindset, and the same destination as you is what we're talking about. You need that. I need that. I need people to help me direct the course of my life. So let me ask you, so who do you need to invite into your life? Who do you need? To invite out of your life. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burkernet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after Ripley. Till I found myself face down on.